Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome in, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Um, I'm glad we didn't steer you away last week here at the Dynasty Force Podcast with Trey's Ugly Mug. But if, if you're here, um, <laughs> thankfully for you, he's not here. Uh, at least at the moment. So that's good for you um, to avoid that because I know we all want to. Uh, but with me, as usual, as always, uh, Billy Brisbane, the almighty, the dedicated, and the football uh, wizard himself, we'll call him. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. You know, on the East Coast in uh, South Jersey. So it's been a beautiful fucking 70 degree day. Time I know. It's snowstorms, man. Perfect. You know, just about to get done college finally, man. And it's getting real enticing to move somewhere with warm weather, man. So uh, I was thinking about that today when I was walking outside. I was like, man, it's fucking nice outside, man. I wish this was like an everyday thing. I know. I walked out of work today and I was like, man, I, I honestly, like, I know we, we had this podcast to do and everything. I was like, dude, I just want to hang out outside for like, you know, the rest of the day. Like, it, it's just the first nice day we've had in so long. And yeah. man, I miss him. Speaking of outside, we have with us uh, FF, and by that I mean Fantasy Forecast, not Fantasy Football, but Fantasy Forecast. Uh, Listener League Dynasty Champion in its inaugural season, Jesse, at Gray Heisenberg on Twitter, also on Sleeper. Jesse, how's it going on this beautiful Wednesday? Uh, it's going awesome. Uh, it's lovely over here. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. And ah. uh, the weather, I mean, the weather here has been pretty solid all the way through. I actually enjoy <laughs> those cold spells, but man, it's just too nice today. So. Glad to be here too. I've got some yeah, victory laps to run later lying. when uh, um, when uh, Trey shows up. You do, yes. As I mentioned, Trey will be on the podcast uh, later. He is currently at work. He's going to be uh, heading out soon, though. So um, for the moment, we do not have Trey, but we will have Trey soon enough. And as Jesse mentioned, he's got a victory lap to take on Trey because Trey is the one that Jesse beat in the championship. Um, It'll be fun to talk about, though, because I know Trey's team has done a lot of retooling um, since then. And if you look at his team now, it's it's very different than what it was in the championship. And um, might I say a lot scarier as well. So uh, we'll have plenty of talk to plenty to talk about uh, when it comes to that later. Um, yeah, uh, Jesse, though, congratulations and uh, a league that I am in, a league hopefully Billy will be joining um, at some point this offseason. Uh, I have to do some convincing, it seems, to get him to take over, take over a rebuild. But uh, he, will, he will do it. I promise that I will convince him. I will find start a, a uh, um, convince Billy chat, and we can all get in on that. Uh, I'd uh, like to see you get in even on better, there too, Billy. We'll do like a petition. You know, we could like uh, <laughs> we could get as many signatures as possible. Get Billy to join the Dynasty <laughs> Force uh, Fantasy Forecast Listener League. Um, one sweet. of the more fun leagues I've been in, though. Uh, definitely a lot of action all the time. But we, like I said, we'll talk a lot about that later. Um, in the meantime, we have a lot to lead up to uh, the 
you know, uh, tough questions are the headliners for today's show. We have a nice quick question. And then we have the Carson Wentz trade news um, that I'm sure everyone has heard about by now. We have not yet talked about it on the show, though, so we will do that. And then we have our tough questions later. And when Trey eventually joins, um, he's going to be destroyed the, by Jesse, our lovely guest, and our victor. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the quick question. Um, shout out Bill for this quick question. He is a mastermind here. And the quick question itself is, who is the rookie 101 in rookie drafts and or and or Superflex, I'll say. Because um, I feel like in Superflex, it's pretty, you know, understood that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the 101 in, in like probably 95% of leagues, I'll say. Um, yes. we, we could definitely talk about single quarterbacks or for those teams. Um, and Bill brought this up earlier. What if you're in a position where you have two great quarterbacks already and you have the 101? Um having Kyler and Josh Allen after, you know, they finished one and two at the position, but you're a little thin at running back or wide receiver or something. So let me head over to Jesse first. What is your thought here at the 101? We talked a little bit about this pre-show, but uh, let the people know. Well, uh, assuming that, uh, you know, it is still super flex, uh, I'm still going to be going with T-Law for the value. Um, you know, I, I never – truly draft for need on my teams. Uh, I'm really drafting the best value uh, when it pops up into me. Trevor Lawrence, you know, I can flip that around, turn that into all the needs that I have. Uh, if we're outside of that, um, and I am avoiding quarterback for whatever reason, I'm going to be going with uh, Najee Harris uh, running back. Uh, I love that edge that he gives. Um, he's, he's my next up after the quarterbacks. Uh, Najee's my guy. Nashe, uh, like, I don't know. It's it's hard to not compare him to Derrick Henry, and it's also hard to when because they're from. It, it just feels like, you know, easy pickings, and like I'm not trying at all with the with the comp there, based on size, <laughs> based on being at Alabama, but yet, I mean, it just feels so right, and obviously, you know. Depending on landing spot, you would take Derrick Henry at the 101 if he if he was 21 years old. So um, Najee Harris, I I think highly of him. Um, I haven't dived too deep into my rookie scouting yet, but I imagine at this point he'll be my 101. He's just very complete. Um, Bill, how about you? What are you What are you doing at the 101 here? Yeah, man, I thought this was an interesting pick because uh, recently I've been having a scout and stuff like that. Because in uh, one of my high-dollar dynasty leagues, I got the 202 and the 203, man. So it's just been scouting some college tape. And I just feel like, uh, man, it's a good discussion if you're not talking about Superflex. Because in Superflex, you got to go with Trevor Lawrence. And then it's even interesting to even pick him up, even if it is a single QB. And like uh, Jesse said, flip him for a package or something like that. You never know. Or trade back a little bit. But honestly, man um, – I know Najee Harris, great running back and all that, but um, I, I feel like the tier is like a three-man tier, and it's Najee Harris, Trevor – I mean, not Trevor uh, – what's the dude's name? Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. Yeah. Travis. And Jamar yep. Chase. And I feel like Jamar Chase is so much better than Devontae Smith, but it's just hard 
because he didn't play last season. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, how do you feel about it, Rob? Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think Jamar Chase is a lot better than Devontae Smith. Um, I think Jamar Chase is bound to be, like, you know, uh, the just the next great wide receiver um, to enter the NFL again. And to get that, that you know, there's definitely an argument to be made for him at the 101. Um, it's pretty team-dependent for me. If I if I need running back, obviously I'm going to take someone like Nashi Harris or uh, Etienne over Chase. But if I, you know, need wide receiver more, I'll, I'll be happy to go Chase. Um, and in a neutral situation, I don't know. I would probably side on the running back just because they, the injuries that tend to happen to them, the depth that you need um, – but, I mean, long-term prospects, if I'm taking what I believe is the best talent, then I'd probably have to go chase with that pick regardless. So um, while I lean a little bit more towards running back by nature, um, we could be in a position here where, you know, the talent supersedes that. Uh, but, again, as you mentioned, super flex or um, – I mean, probably definitely not in a one quarterback league. I'm, I'm not going Trevor Lawrence 101, but at Superflex, I don't think it's much of a question. So, um, yeah, and, and if I'm at 101 and I really don't want Trevor Lawrence for whatever reason, I'm going to just try and trade down a few picks, maybe just even to 102 and, and try and uh, get a little more collateral on my end to uh, make up for that difference. Um I mentioned at the top of the show that Trey would be joining later, and Trey has joined. It is later, so welcome what in, up? Trey. How's it going? Um, Jesse, the floor is yours. Oh, no. Oh, um, actually, I didn't have all that much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I do have a question, though. Who was the one who did the power rankings again uh, after our draft in that league? <laughs> Was, was that one, about. Trey? <laughs> um, I'm going I'm to blame that one on Robert, but it was more than likely me. Didn't it, it <laughs> no. be like at the bottom or something? It was, I was 100% Trey. Trey made 11 the out of 12. Trey, uh, <laughs> Trey was like, yeah, I ba- based this off of a, like, uh, I, I think it was like Fancy Pro's consensus rankings or something like that. And um, he was like, yeah, like you get certain points for having a player at top five, top 10 top 20 whatever and uh yeah i I do remember jesse being 11th in those rankings done by trey who i believe ranked him had himself trey didn't do the actual ranking i will say this he did the you know the the scoring system for himself for not for himself but for everyone and he tried to make it equal um yep trey i want to say you finished fourth in those rankings, some, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think I was either third or fourth. Uh, but who would have known? I mean, and, and I, even, I even remember after that, that Power Rankings episode, everybody was saying that Jay's team was the best team. That's why we gave Jay the title of the People's Champ. And yeah. I don't think he made the playoffs. So I don't even know what to expect from, uh, from, uh, from our fans out there. So I don't know. I don't even know, but Jesse, congratulations. I thank you. Thank you. I, I was shocked and I didn't win. My team is pretty stacked, so I was a little upset, but you you definitely came in with an upset throughout the season. So congratulations on that. It was a tough team. And I'll say thank you for even for that ranking, just because it fueled me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I took it personal. 
He was like, yep, I am definitely coming and beating ass now. Uh, um, speaking of the FF Listener League, the Fantasy Forecast Listener League, um, Trey, we'll talk about your team real quick, and we'll talk about Jesse's team. Um, I mean, Trey, your team looks a lot different now. I was saying this earlier. Your team looks a lot different now than it did in the championship. Um, it's kind of hard to compare those teams and i was telling them it kind of looks a bit scary at this point yeah um no no thanks to me on that one because of my uh ill-advised preseason trade that just completely failed the entire time and we're not gonna we're not gonna go any further than that that's all we got to and 1.02 is well worth Emmanuel Sanders, okay? I don't care what anyone says. That's what it comes down the to. worst trade I've ever <laughs> heard. Like, I remember I tried to like, uh, talk him up on it the day after. I was like thinking in my head, damn, dude, you just got fucking robbed. <laughs> you got, like, robbed. fucking Harris, dude? Uh, for Emmanuel Sanders? Nah, dude. The fifth dude. one? <laughs> he's like fucking five, like he's a dead corpse. Yeah, it did not go I mean, well. I will say, preseason, I was big on Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Drew Brees kind of, you know, fucked that up. Number one. Um, also, I mean, but everything happened that you need. I did to, not. Though. Thomas got hurt. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the rest of my lineup, it, a lot of things did not work out the way that I wanted them to. Uh, like Cam Akers doing very little, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, who were both on my lineup at that time, were both irrelevant for a while. Um, Kenny Galladay got hurt. I had, I had like, I had a lot of things go wrong for me I mean, in that league. Typical and ex- exactly. And it ended with 102, and sadly it was not my 102. So... Now I cry, but Trey doesn't have the 102 anymore. He he traded it for a lot of assets, basically. Um, hey, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what you got to do. I know a lot of people don't like to trade, but I like what I do is I target one person a day, and I target that person in it, and like in every league, and I see how many shares of that person I can get, and it usually ends up making my team a lot better because I mean, if you're trading, more than likely you're going to end up with a lineup that you want. I mean, as you can see from looking at my lineup, like you said earlier, my team's a lot different from what it was the championship week even, just because I think I've already made like six or seven trades in the offseason in that league, and just you got to make sure to do that roster turnover to make sure that you're not stuck with those older aging veterans that, you know, are going to do well, but now is the right time to sell them. Definitely. You still have a few older aging veterans on your team, but uh, they're, they're still in the win now. Um, aspect, so you you could definitely make it work with them. Uh, Jesse, have you? Ma- I have not noticed. I think you've made a few trades. Um, I, I know few. you had you had Kyler at first, didn't you? I did not. Uh, uh, I don't even remember what my I, team I, looked like in the beginning. I, um, I feel like so many trades have happened with like Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray in this league. Like I don't even know yeah, who their original owners were. So I sold. <laughs> I acquired Deshaun Watson uh, about halfway through the season. Um, I made a lot of moves uh, buying. uh, I bought Deshaun Watson because I did not trust uh, Baker to continue. Um, And I didn't like 
being forced to only have those two quarterbacks that I had. Uh, so I ended up buying uh, Deshaun Watson. Loved it. Carried me to a championship. I, I also bought uh, Aaron Jones and Adam Thielen from uh, Flair, uh, who's been a great trade partner. Shout out to Flair. Hey, yeah. uh, he's, he's awesome. He's creative. He's always willing to talk. It's great. Uh, so he, he just sort of caught sense of me going into win now mode about halfway through the season when I saw my sort of geared towards youth teams start doing well. Uh, I started deciding to buy up some vets for to go all in. Uh, and he started selling them to me. Uh, and then after, uh, I, I like this pattern. Um, once if I, I lean towards youth and then if I, if my young players are doing well and I have a shot at contending, uh, I start buying up all the easily priced, uh, vets, you know, the ones that Trey's talking about, you know, selling, selling high, because that is the best point to sell them. And I'm there to buy them. <laughs> um, and I try to go all in with those and I try to reset in the off season. I try to age myself back. Uh, in the off season, it's a little harder to sell them in the off season. Uh, but I like to get them out of the way before I, they hit that cliff. Still, uh, even if I have to take a bit of a discount, because uh, if I wait till closer to the season start, those rookies and young players are going to be their price goes up. Right. So yeah, um, I just took, taking a peek at your team, I noticed you do have the one hundred and two. Uh, so I know there was a trade between the two of you that worked out somehow over the off season. Um, I could probably pull it up if I if I really wanted to, but at, at the moment I'm not yes. trying that hard. But uh, I I, do I know- actually paid Aaron Jones for that. I remember because uh, I had Flair's 105. Oh yeah. Um, so I actually made I I did a pretty strong overpay to get to 102. Uh, I gave Aaron Jones and the 105 to move up to 102 because 102 is a tear break for me and I really wanted that 102. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, the way that you've been talking about Nashi Harris at this point, uh, I really wonder who you'll be taking there at the 102. Um, but yeah, definitely got some pieces for sure on the team, even with the retooling um, and the, you know, the downgrading in the age. And like I said, um, this has been one of the more active leagues that I've been in, I, I'm going to say easily, like, the amount of trades that have happened um, so far in this league is probably, like, whatever, you know, three times, four times, I don't even know, maybe even more than that, um, the amount of trades that have happened in, like, all of my other leagues combined. So, uh, this is a great great league to be in. Trade's a big factor in that, but... Uh, Regardless of him, there have been other trades that have been made. I, I made a nice trade. Well, maybe nice trade. Maybe also a bad trade, but we'll see. Um, trade the other week of, of a somewhat swap of Cam Akers and CD Lamb, where I got CD Lamb my over. I, I gave a little more than Cam, but that was be, because of the positional age sort of gap that, that tends to happen with longevity and stuff. Um, Detroit Beastie. Checking in. Hey, boys. And I'm your hair, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, uh, I believe this is let's rip on Trey Day. Um, Because I I think it's the perfect day to do it. (laughs) Uh, um, But, yeah, uh, Forecast Listener League. We'll have to have another episode where we just really go down – you know what we're we we had episodes preseason last year on the fantasy forecast uh, podcast where we really just went through the league and 
you know, like I said, Trey came out with the power rankings. After we had the draft on the show. Um, so there was a lot to offer for this league on the podcast last season. So we'll do that again uh, later on in this season, probably do some results of the rookie draft and, and things of that nature um, further down the line. But uh, one more congratulations to our champion who is here, Jesse um, at Gray Heisenberg on Twitter. And he did previously give some advice of, you know, what he likes to do in, in, you know, going all in when he sees his teams doing well and then, you know, trying to retool in the off season. So maybe that's a, a method to success so far or to follow, I should, I should say. Um, but anyway, we have some other uh, topics to talk about. We have not yet covered uh, Carson Wentz and his trade to Indianapolis. So let's, let's cover the big news there real quick here. The impact of Wentz in Indianapolis. Let me head over to Billy first, because Billy, you are the Eagles fan in the house. What are you thinking yes, here for Indianapolis on their end, how this impacts their offense? Um, I really like this trade for the Colts fantasy purposes wise. Um, it was kind of getting tough imagining yourself their quarterback situation for next season. Obviously they're a candidate to draft somebody, but um, I feel like the biggest beneficiary from this offense is going to be Michael Pittman, the rookie from last year. Um, my only concerns with Pittman was the fact that like he basically got given the keys for the wide receiver position, all the targets, all the snaps, and he just didn't really perform too much. It was a little concerning, but um, I'm willing to buy back low for uh, Michael Pittman. I think his value is going to be a little bit too expensive for dynasty drafts. But if you're in redrafts, obviously looking very far out, um, I think he's going to come at a good value this season. Interesting. Um, I do like Michael Pittman as well. And currently the Colts situation um, when it comes to wide receiver and tight end, um, I believe the only person under contract who – was pretty significant last season was Jack or is Jack Doyle. So um, there, there's value to be had there with Mike Pittman. I, I like the little point that you made about him. Um, but I will say they have to do something at the wide receiver position, whether it's a first round pick on a player, whether it's investing uh, over the off season, there are some great wide receiver free agents to target. So um, I do believe that Indianapolis will invest. I think it's a good landing spot too for Carson Wentz because of the offensive line in Indianapolis. Last season, Philly dealt with a lot of injuries at the offensive line and it showed a lot of times. Um, but it also showed a lot of times when Carson Wentz would hold the ball too much or not too much, but too, for too long. And then, uh, you know, at that point, you can only avoid the rush for so long, but this is going to be in a situation in Indianapolis where potentially he can hold the ball forever um, because he has a great run game, has a great offensive line. Uh, Jesse, anything else you want to highlight on the Colts end here? Um, any other pieces you're willing to buy? Uh, I'm also a buy on Michael Pittman. Or, yeah, uh, just because I feel like the quality of targets that he got uh, were much you know shorter depth you know, with Phillip Rivers. So yeah, he. I, I I agree. I don't feel like he did a whole lot, but I also feel like he's catching much shorter passes than he will be uh, with Carson. 
Uh, one thing that I've sort of I'm trying to uh, reconcile is the effect it might have on Jonathan Taylor. Um, Carson is 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 weirdly bad at throwing in the flats. Um, it's not a trait that I'm I'm used to seeing from quarterbacks, you know, standing out to me. Uh, so I don't know how that might affect uh, Jonathan Taylor, but I do think having a quarterback who can throw deeper, you know, than ten yards or whatever the the average was for uh, Rivers last year will stretch defenses a little more. You know, you're not going to pull up your guys all the way up uh, when you uh, know that he might be able to launch something deep on you. So uh, might open up a better run game for Jonathan Taylor, something to keep track of. Definitely. I would say so. I, uh, I feel that. I think uh, Naheem Hines and um, a little bit, too, of Jordan Wilkins were involved in the receiving game at the running back position last year for specifically Naheem Hines was – but, but um, I don't think Jonathan – I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor will be involved in the receiving game, but I don't think he's going to be, like, super involved. And yeah. the reason you're drafting him isn't going to be because you think he's going to be involved as a receiver, especially Carson Wentz. You know, he's a guy who where last year we, we were in a situation where he mainly dealt with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott at running back two guys who can catch the football and two guys who didn't see a ton of targets uh, from Carson Wentz, uh, just his play style. You know, you mentioned not the best uh, when thrown into the flats, not an option on his end too, as I mentioned with uh, holding the ball for a little too long here and there. Um, Trey, any other input you want to mention for the Colts? I mean, uh, I agree with Jesse about Jonathan Taylor. You got to watch out uh, the first couple of weeks. I'm looking to see how Jonathan Taylor will be impacted by Carson Wentz. Um, I like the Michael Pittman talk by Billy. I also keep an eye on Paris Campbell. He wasn't healthy last year, so maybe Definitely. he'll make an impact this year. Um, tight end, I would love if they got Ertz. Um, we'll see who they target right. in tight ends uh, in frequency if, if they need it, but I think Ertz would be a good add for them. Um, wide receiver-wise, obviously, there's a lot of tight, uh, I mean, a lot of top-end wide receivers to go after, so it'll be – and I think they're one of the top five most cap room in the NFL. So if they want, they could definitely uh, go yeah. all in for the Super Bowl. I really like that. Even if, talk, Trey, after acquiring Wentz and uh, the contract that they are, they definitely. Yeah, Paris Campbell, um, he had a, a nice role um, at the very beginning of the season, too. Yeah. Uh, before his injury and you know it's it's so long ago that people forget so thank you Trey for bringing him up because he is a deep dynasty uh, target that people should probably be looking to buy so um, definitely good to mention let me head over to Billy for this one as the resident Eagle fan in the house what's next for Philly Bill um for Philadelphia I feel like our draft plans are going to really have to hinder around building around Jalen Hurts. I don't really like where we're going, like real life-wise, but I think fantasy-wise, I think we'll be fruitful. I don't think we're going to be that good of a team. So if you give a running quarterback a bunch of garbage time, magic's going to happen fantasy-wise. Um, one guy that I have on my team that I'm thinking about acquiring in a couple of different leagues that had a connection with Jalen Hurts. Really deep sleeper, really deep sleeper. Might make you throw up in your mouth. Greg Ward, um, he had some chemistry with um, Jalen Hurts 
that's a guy that you can get for pretty fucking cheap. He might be on your waiver wire also if you're in a shallow league. Um, that's what I'm really thinking of. I think they obviously draft a wide receiver, but, you know, it's always hard for wide receivers to get acclimated to the NFL. But nowadays they get groomed out of college like we haven't seen before. Right. Um, I don't know. It's all over the board with Philly. Like, you know, now there's rumors about them potentially taking a quarterback at six. And yeah, yeah. you got to give them the smoke, dude. You got to put the smoke press conference news out there. It's their job. Give them the smoke. Definitely. Just hand it to them. Hand them the smoke. Um, No, I I think they should give Hertz a chance. I mean, like, you know, we've seen big jumps in uh, accuracy over these past few years, depending on how you surround the quarterback. Like Lamar Jackson, from his rookie season to his sophomore season, took a big jump. Uh, Josh Allen, over these past few seasons to this season, huge jump in the accuracy. And a lot of it was based around the offense that they surrounded them in. Uh, Josh Allen last year, when they acquired Stephon Diggs, that helped a lot. And then for Lamar Jackson, they got him uh, a good option, or not a good option, a good offensive coordinator who was able to, you know, fit the needs for him. Mark Andrews was kind of like a number one wide receiver for him at that moment, too. Uh, Hollywood was stretching the field, so they they just built around Jackson in, in the right way. And I think, you know, if Philly builds around Hurts that way, too, uh, it could definitely work out. I don't know about drafting a wide receiver, though, based on recent uh philadelphia i will say lack of success at drafting the wide receiver um maybe just you know get give up <laughs> i mean i feel elsewhere. like the only bad one was the jj or sega white side one over dk Metcalf. that was the only one we'll that see was about like, Rager. Really about. we'll Bro, see we'll see about Rager. i know justin jefferson put up astronomical stats but as an nfl gm and you go scout for an lsu game and you show up at the fucking game and you see on the scouting report, you're supposed to be scouting Justin Jefferson, and you see Jamar Chase catching touchdowns and breaking <laughs> touchdowns. You're like, who the fuck's this guy? You're like, oh, another year. You're uh, like, all right, I want that guy. Fuck the other dude. I mean, yeah. nobody really saw the Justin Jefferson thing going. And I'm just saying, if you're a scout at the game, where are your eyes have gone? I feel. I feel that for sure. Um, Trey, uh, what are you what are you thinking for Philly? Uh are there any pieces you're looking to buy after this besides Jalen Hurts, obviously? I mean, I like Miles Sanders. I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not so. I mean, their their wide receivers is bad. I might target Dallas Goddard. Other than Dallas Goddard, Goddard, probably nobody else, to be honest. Interesting. I do like Goddard. I do like Sanders. Anyone sticking out to you, Jesse? I mean, I already have Hurts in most of my leagues. Uh, I love Hurts. Uh, I think he's going to be awesome. I, I'm not. I, I bought. I'm buying Sanders uh, if I can. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people are discounting him a little bit uh, big, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking those, those discounts where I can. I thought. Uh, that that offense just had a rough situation going on. So I was actually very impressed with uh, Hertz and, and Sanders and what they did with, um, you know, so many injuries on that team uh, that was hitting them. Uh, 
So yeah, I'm I'm big on on the Hertz and Sanders moving forward. I do like the Sanders take. Uh, I do think Me, though. That- I feel like Sanders, though, man, the concern with Sanders is this. With running quarterbacks, when the pocket breaks, they rush. Yeah. They're not dumping it off to the flats. When Miles Sanders is Miles Sanders, and we all thought he was about to be a top 10 rookie pick. I mean, not rookie pick, but draft pick for this upcoming season. It was really just based off the fact that they said Wentz was going to start. Wentz kind of throws not dump-offs accurately but he at least throws it you know what yeah. i'm saying one thing that i always have a problem with like with deshaun watson for example is like when the pocket collapses at him you he's a prime example he doesn't throw it to the slot he doesn't throw it to the tight end unless it's the red zone he's just gonna run you know yeah. instead of just throwing it for three yards he's just gonna take the punishment hopefully that's something that he will work out of but i mean like you guys said sanders is such a good of a talent he can break away for a 20-yard touchdown and pay off for his fantasy day and you won't be mad at all. Definitely. As I was uh, going to head into, I believe um, it's going to be a strong RPO system in uh, Philly where, you know, you utilize the read option with Jalen Hurts. You utilize uh, Miles Sanders and his electricity as a runner. And then, you know, you give easy uh, reads to Jalen Hurts on what to do. So, um if you follow that system, it should create a lot of good openings for Miles Sanders in the running game. So um, that's that's the position that I would be uh, thinking on um, for Miles Sanders. Maybe he does not catch as many passes as you would hope, but maybe he can make up for that inefficiency in the run game if Philly uh, invests where they should invest. Um which I, I, you know, I've heard some potential trades of uh, Andre Dillard or, or, you know, making other moves at, at tackle. And I think they should try and keep it, keep it intact, maybe work a little on the inside of the line. Um, I, I believe Brandon Brooks didn't play this season. Uh, I know Lane Johnson missed yeah. a lot of games. Jason Kelsey, I, I don't know how many games he played. Um, I think he was pretty healthy, but like I mentioned, Andre Dillard missed the entire season. So they had injuries on the offensive line. If they can invest a little more into it, it'll only get more stable um, if all those guys come back healthy as well. So I'm not off of Philly, especially in the run game. Um, it's just, you know, upside we'll have to talk about. And we'll uh, we'll see closer to the to the season how things work out. Um, All right, so let's talk now for tough questions heading into uh, the offseason in Dynasty so far. And I think the best way to kick it off here is comparing two highly uh, impressive rookie running backs for the 2021 season. One is in Baltimore, one is in Los Angeles, J.K. Dobbins versus Cam Akers. Uh, Dobbins, I mean, he, he's definitely got all the talent, and he is in an interesting situation where Mark Ingram has just cut a second-round pick. Um, they do have Gus Edwards as a restricted free agent. I think he'll be back with the team just because it's kind of hard to get rid of free restricted free agents unless teams are willing to make really good offers to those running backs and 
Gus Edwards is he's an he's a good runner, but I don't know if a team is going to want to make a really good offer for a guy like Gus Edwards. Um, and then Baltimore obviously afterwards would have to decline to match that. So um, I personally believe Gus will be back. Uh, Cam Akers, on the other hand, in Los Angeles, especially towards the end of the season and in the playoffs, earned the full workload in L.A. Um, he does have to contend with Darrell Henderson, though, who looked pretty good during the season. So, um, you know, this or that, <laughs> really, the, it could go either way with both of these guys, but they both have tremendous upside at the same time. So I'll head over to... Uh, Trey, first on this one, if you will, uh, do you have a preference between Dobbins and Akers? I think they're pretty close in my uh, dynasty, uh, my dynasty running back rankings. Um, but I think I have Cam Akers over him, and that's strictly just away a lot of the uh, rushing touchdowns, and especially the rushing yards as well. Um, we saw Mark Ingram. I mean, he was a reliable R2. He had his boom weeks, but there was weeks that he didn't get those touchdowns that we did too, and Lamar Jackson ended up with two or three rushing touchdowns. Um, so you got to, like, level your expectations for Dobbins um, and maybe even for Akers. But uh, I I think I liked what I saw out of Akers in the uh, playoffs against the really good teams. He, uh, that's whenever the Rams really leaned on him. And I think that they uh, learned that, man, Henderson's good, but he's not Akers. Akers can really uh, make the first people miss and then use his speed to go around the edge. Um, so I'm going to go Akers over Dobbins, but they are really close. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if uh, Matt Stafford plays a role in that decision of potentially putting Akers up. I think he is an upgrade over Goff, and obviously I, I think everyone thinks that. So um, uh, what was I going to go with? Um, oh, uh, with that you know, Stafford being uh, better, he would potentially lead to more scoring drives for the Rams, which would increase the upside of Akers. And as you mentioned, uh, Jackson can take a little bit away from uh, Dobbins himself. So Jesse, uh, where are you at on this decision here between Dobbins and Akers? It's tough. Um, I normally would face a decision like, that where I have these guys so closely ranked by being in a draft and seeing which one I end up taking. I actually had a situation where I drafted both and it was at back to back at the turn. So I didn't actually get to choose which one. Uh, I didn't realize it. I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards Dobbins. Um, Interesting. Maybe just to be devil's advocate here. Uh, I love them both. I love the, the workload that they showed with acres, uh, but they also showed, a real weird committee thing right up until they switch to that heavy right. workload. So I don't know, um, you know, how, how long they intend for that to last. If they, if they mean to give them, you know, 25 touches or 30 touches a game. And also, you know, the stats he put up to me came from those really heavy workloads. Whereas Dobbins had some crazy games on very short workloads. He's, he's yeah. a very efficient runner in an efficient offense. Um, so if he can get more opportunities on a regular basis, which is a big if, you know, on that offense, there's a lot of different uh, mouths to feed in different ways. You know, Lamar's going to snipe some touchdowns from him. Um, you know, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, but I think Dobbins is such an efficient runner in such an efficient run scheme um, that he's he, he may have a good shot to pay it off. I love them both, but I'll lean Dobbins. Interesting. Bill, where are you at on this one? 
Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Jesse with this one, man. Hot take today. Um, I think K Makers is going to be higher in ADP, and I would agree with that. But I'm going to go with what I know, and I know the Ravens are going to go with a heavy run scheme approach, and they're going to be favored in a lot of games, and they're probably going to win a lot more games than they did last year. And that offense is going to look a lot better than it did last year. That team had a lot of COVID problems. A lot of moving different pieces. Remember, like that one week, it was like we thought Des Bryant was coming into the week as like the number one wide receiver. Like, dude, like that team was dealing with a lot of different problems and stuff like that. And I do think, though, it makes it an intriguing argument because I think Stafford gives this Rams offense to consistency that McVay's looking for to run his schemes and stuff like that. But I don't know how that works for fantasy, like Jesse said. Like, the team might look better, but they might be up by 14 in a game and bring in freaking Darrell Henderson or fucking Cam Akers might shit the wrong way in practice or something <laughs> like that. Like, dude, we don't know. It doesn't yeah, we, <laughs> the reason why he doesn't get the heavy workload. But, I mean, pre-draft, before the landing spots, I had J.K. Dobbins uh, tear ahead, just the slightest tear ahead of Cam Akers. But um, I thought this was an interesting question because uh, the ADP bid, I do agree, K-Makers should probably be higher in ADP. But, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, man, I feel like the appeal is we talked about this last year. Mark Ingram is probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, he already is. So there's a point. Yeah, but I'm talking about the match thing. Like, I, I right. official roster, you never know. These NFL teams pull out some weird shit sometimes with these running backs. <laughs> All right, so let's let's say this. Gus Edwards is back in Baltimore. Um, who is safer for for 2021 between Dobbins and Akers? I would probably say Dobbins from the aspect of, um, man, I feel like people are going to hear this and be like, yo, what the fuck is Bill thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with Dobbins over Akers, man. It's just going to be a hard choice. I think it would be Cam Akers or entire, but. Yes, long story short, definitely going to have to go with Dobbins over Akers, man. That Ravens run scheme, like, you know what you're going to get from that team. Yeah. Regardless of how the game goes, they're going to run the ball. Now, I will say this. I agree Dobbins is definitely safer, but who do you think has the higher upside for 2021 between Dobbins and Akers? I think Cam Akers is a good player, but I think J.K. Dobbins is a more talented player, so I'm always going to side with the talent over everything. Interesting. Um, I think the one thing that could limit the upside of Dobbins is Jackson being a quarterback, uh, stealing yeah. touchdowns himself running the football. It's a great. And as you mentioned, uh, running quarterbacks not necessarily thrown short. Instead, they just run the ball themselves. So um, a lack of receiving upside also for for Dobbins whereas Akers I feel like the upside where if he is the full workhorse he he could be that Todd Gurley of years past and that was great that was great yeah those touchdowns dude I feel like that's the big argument do you believe that Cam Akers is going to get the touchdowns or not because at the end of the day bro if you score touchdowns in fantasy and you're put in the position to score touchdowns in fantasy you're going to crush definitely Definitely. Let's head on here. Next tough question that we're going to address here is going to be Daniel Jones 
and I'm going to kick this one over to Jesse because I'm such a nice guy. Is Daniel Jones a buy or a sell um, in Dynasty football? This is a tough question, and the reason that I'm such a nice guy is because Jesse admitted to me that this is a very tough question, and, <laughs> and so I want to put him on the spot here. Yeah, this is a hard one because, you know, we're not talking about whether or not Daniel Jones is good. You know, we're talking about whether or not he's a value, um, you know, and whether that value is at its peak now or will it be later Um, to me. And I'm I honestly haven't paid enough attention in the drafts that I've done uh, to see where he's been going. So I'm not sure what his ADP is looking like for 2021. You see him Um, go in drafts and you're like, okay, someone who wasn't in my queue. So I'm happy. (laughs) <laughs> barely register it. So I, I will need to look back uh, at some point because I am curious about this. I'm going to lean towards buy. Uh, and it's mostly just because that's sort of, I, I love that kind of situation when, when people start um, their value starts falling, but they haven't completely proven themselves to be bad yet. Uh, they've had a lot of bad, bad luck in New York, uh, bad things going on all around the team. Uh, outside of Daniel Jones. It's not like he has a huge amount of help lately. Um, You know, he finally, he had Saquon and then Saquon got injured. So, um, you know, that sucked. I'm going to buy him if he gets cheap enough. Um, You know, if he, if he's, if his value is, is as low as I suspect it might be and someone's trying to sell him, uh, I'll buy him just because I like throwing darts if they're cheap. Um, When the upside is a starting, um, even just a starting mediocre quarterback in a super flex league, uh, if 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 they don't draft another quarterback, then I I won big. You know, I've got a starting quarterback. Someone's going to get desperate, and I can flip that value later, even if I don't like them. Um, I love throwing those darts as you know, starting quarterbacks and super flex, just crazy value, um, even when they're not good. Uh, so I'm buying just for the for the heck of it. You know, fuck it. I'm going to throw a a third and maybe a wide receiver or something if somebody's wide receiver needy um and <laughs> yeah buying <laughs> yeah i mean as you mentioned this this is not uh real life football this is fantasy football and daniel jones is not terrible for fantasy football because he does run the football um if you i mean we've all basically seen the turf monster video where beautiful you know, he he had the 80 yard touchdown run but you know we can't really explain what happened but uh you know, looking it's a at a long distance, man, he got winded. <laughs> I don't blame him. I would, I would have. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, man, I tied my shoe the wrong way. In the <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, no, I mean, he does rush the football, and you know, having Saquon in the backfield helps that too because you know, people are going to focus in on Saquon. You can easily get him on the read option with Daniel Jones because they're not expecting skinny white boy in the backfield to, to start. <laughs> also, that helps in fantasy. Um, I would definitely like to see New York invest in the wide receiver position this offseason, though. Darius Slayton, okay, but he can't be the only real option. Uh, I mean, Sterling Shepard was pretty boss. good last season. Boss. He's a boss. Who? <laughs> Sterling Shepard. Oh my God! How Unless he, he has like a Jameson Crowder type revention into his career, he's a bust. <laughs> what was he? A second round pick? I think he was. He was uh, yeah. higher than. I mean, not high, high considering the NFL draft, but high for wide receivers. Wide receivers kind of doesn't really. It's more landing spot dependent rather than 
uh, I feel like, than draft capital. He was a second-round wide receiver. And, uh, I mean, he's been solid. He's been solid, but he's He's never – Are you going out your way to get Sterling Shepard? You get a trade offer, and the last guy is Sterling Shepard and the trade offer. You're probably going to want something else. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Um, And Golden Tate, let's let's not even talk about him. So, uh, Evan Ingram – to at tight end. You have Saquon who will be coming back. He'll help the offense for sure, but um, they have an Odell Beckham sized gap at the wide receiver position, it seems. And um, I'd like to see them, you know, invest in that. If, he, if they do that and Daniel Jones is a starter, as Jesse said, he, he will be worth it. So I think he's worth a buy right now. Um, his price, I, I don't think it's going to get any, well, I mean, it obviously could get lower. I, I hope it wouldn't get lower if I'm buying him, but uh, if it gets any lower, I don't think anyone would be wanting to buy him uh, at this point. So, Bill, how about you? What are you What are you thinking here? See, I felt like when I first was looking at Daniel Jones, I felt like lazy analysis. You just want to say sell, and then you start really reading into it a little bit, and you're thinking like, damn, man, you get Saquon back, they probably draft a wide receiver. He can rush. He's going to get a lot of NFC East games. And then I thought, man, I think this is a crazy idea. Uh, For our listeners, I want you guys to do this at home before you guys get into your rookie drafts for the next season. Get a short list of just veteran quarterbacks that you can acquire on draft night where people are probably going to be more willing to wheel and deal trades and stuff like that. And you may see a couple quarterbacks flip off the board and we see their landing spots. And a guy like Daniel Jones, before like day two happens or something like that, before the Giants draft a wide receiver, you can get Daniel Jones at a good value or like Derek Carr at a good value or something like definitely. that. And that's one thing that I definitely have is like a short list of veteran quarterbacks that I'm definitely going to try to get because I have a lot of Gardner Minshew on my dynasty teams and I don't really think he's going to be relevant next season. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's great too, especially to highlight for the rookie draft because you can be on the board there in the three, the middle of the third round, and a you know a specific rookie could be on the board, and you know a team will could potentially be out there really interested in the pick, and at that point maybe they would be willing to sell one of those quarterbacks like Derek Carr or Daniel Jones or, or other names straight up for that pick and at that point that's that's just stealing on your end because rookie fever does get hot and by the time the draft is coming around that rookie pick is going to be at its highest value um so yeah i mean that that's definitely a way to take advantage and find some uh some little help at the quarterback position so i like that point a lot billy uh wow straight straight buys there on Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, I didn't see I that mean. one coming, man. <laughs> I was thinking like, man, like on paper, dude, like because it's hard to but- draft or a mock draft and you go and you still have Daniel Jones on your team. You're just like, fuck, man, I got Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, though. Like, how are you going to sit here and say sell? Because what what do you what do you expect to get back and what do you want to get back for Daniel? Jo- like, I yeah. can tell you that what I expect to get back, like if I were to potentially try and trade Daniel Jones, what I expect to get back and what I want to get back 
are not going to be anywhere close to each other. So how how can you even sell Daniel Jones right now? Um, you know, it, if you're in a position where someone hits you up and they're like, hey, I want Daniel Jones, and, uh, you know, you're like, okay, well, I don't really want him, and I have other options, then that's a win for you. But, uh, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be actively trying to sell him because – like I said, what are you what are you really getting back at that point? Um, all right, we have one more uh, tough question to answer, and uh, then we have a, a nice little exit ticket, like uh, high schools. Bill, you remember the the exit tickets in high school? Um, I remember it in a couple of my college classes, like the. Okay. And it's not good memories, man. Like the religion class, <laughs> dude. I remember that shit, dude. You have to like write in the little booklet thing and have your ass. Oh wait, who was paying attention to? The, uh, Father Hunt, the creepy old dude. Did you ever have Father Hunt? The creepy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Father Hunt, creepy old dude. Yeah, I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, the journals and stuff. Oh my gosh. Dude, um, we would have to have a so test head into this and literally question. write 30 pages of, like, worth of, like, stuff about the Bible. <laughs> like, I'm just like, dude, what am I learning uh, out of this? It's awesome. Is this real life? I wish it was not. Yeah, um, there, final bro. tough question here. <laughs> final tough question here. Uh, what are you doing with James Robinson? Bill, let's kick it to you first. Yeah, man, this one's a tough one, man. And it's just like this. If you have James Robinson, for starters, you didn't expect him to reach this value with James Robinson. A lot of people that won championships this year are looking at their team right now and thinking, how can I get better? And they have James Robinson. They're thinking, man, what the fuck do I want to do with James Robinson? Because it's just like if they get Trevor Lawrence and they don't draft a running back, James Robinson's going to shoot up the board Mm draft-wise. But then if, let's say, they draft a running back on day two or day three – like, there's a lot of deep – it's not like last year's class, I feel like. This class this year is – there's going to a lot of be – there's going to be a lot of starters on day two, day three at the wide receiver and running back positions. And, like, man, who's to say somebody doesn't beat out James Robinson for the job? I mean, like, it's a whole entire different coaching staff. Dude probably doesn't – Nick Saban doesn't even know who the hell James Robinson probably even is before he even got this job. So it's just like what ties does he have to him? Who's to say, like – some random running back like Trey Sermon doesn't end up on the Jags and yeah, people man. are buying Trey Sermon at an absurd cost after the rookie draft or something like that. But um, with James Robinson, though, man, I feel like if you could sell him for the house, sell him for the house for a team that really needs a running back and they don't know if they're going to get Najee Harris or uh, ETN or something like that. Like That's the only way I would really see him selling. But if you can afford it, man, I would try to keep it and just ride the wave, man. But I feel like the drop-off of a sell is going to be so far by, like, three months from now. Yeah. Um, you just have to answer it yourself. Is he is he at peak value after a top-five finish at the running back position? Um, I mean, you can make the argument that he is, but at the same time, there's a lot of people doubting out there. And I think we've talked about this on the show before but it's there's a a legitimate reason for doubt like it's it's very rare that you see undrafted rookie running backs come in and and succeed and then even when they do you have mixed results of what happens like for example austin eckler 
was an undrafted rookie, rookie running back, came into a backfield that also had Melvin Gordon in it, but he he did succeed when he was given the opportunity, um, and the team paid him for it. The team committed to him and decided to you know, make him their running back of the future. And then you have guys like Philip Lindsay, where he's an undrafted rookie coming in. Kenyon, uh, was he undrafted? I think he no, was. I, I'm just saying, Kenyon Drake just, was, a, just an obscure situation where he found himself being in a good scenario over the yeah. offseason. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just weird situations here. And just it, it there's going to be that question where you don't really know if the team is going to commit to him. I would say that the Jaguars have way too many holes to spend a pick on a running back or, you know, invest in free agency on a running back when they have a guy who did really well last season already on the roster, regardless of whether he's an undrafted rookie free agent, first round pick anywhere in between. He did well. So we have to acknowledge that. And I, you know, did well in a team that had no defense had no passing game, somehow this rookie running back was able to do well. So I, I think that alone gives him another season, you know? Like like you said, it's a whole different regime and everything, but they had, like I said, this roster has so many holes that I don't, like the, a day two pick, for example, wouldn't it make more sense for them to invest in the defense on the day two pick where, where they traded basically their entire defense. Yeah, but when you draft the quarterback, man, you're like you saw with the Bengals last season, like they had a lot of holes in their defense and they just drafted a shitload of offensive players for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. When you get that quarterback, Rob, I feel like you just fall in love with the different guys that you can put pieces around him with. Like, and you want to do that immediately to build chemistry. They have a lot of. Yeah, picks I mean, too. one one guy that I like a lot this offseason, unrelated to the James Robinson point, but is DJ Chark, um, because I, I feel like you know, obviously in a few months he's going to have a quarterback upgrade, and that's just guaranteed. But the difference there is that there is a real world where Jacksonville does invest. Uh, they well probably. Uh, um, they have uh, this pick, but day two even investing at the running back position, um, or not running back, wide receiver. I mean, uh, so that could really kill the value of DJ Chark. Um, but until then, I, I feel like he's on the rise. I feel I feel the same for James Robinson. I feel like until they prove to me that they're not going to rock with him, that he's he's a value. Uh, he's inside that top 20, I think, for a lot of people at the Dynasty running back rankings. Um, I think he's worth that. I don't know if he's going to be a top five running. I doubt he'll be a top five running back every season, but I, I can definitely see him finishing as a top 15 guy if he has the role again next season. And um, I, I think that's more realistic to expect. And if you can buy him as a top 20 guy, then maybe you know you're finding a little bit of value there. Um, Jesse, what are your thoughts here, James Robinson? I'm also a buy. He's hard to buy because he's getting expensive now. 
Uh, the hype is real. Uh, but I would be one of the jerks who would be not selling him for anything reasonable, probably. Uh, so for Dude, that reason, I'm you first. know. <laughs> yeah. If I'm anywhere, you know, able to get something, you know, workable, I'm buying. You know, he. it's not like the Jags were leading many games last year. And so it's not like they were in ideal game scripts for a running back. And he still broke records, um, you know, in his rookie campaign coming off of an undrafted season. So, yeah, the Jags, yeah, they also have a ton of picks. Um, so, you know, with a ton of picks, they could address O-line defense and still, you know, pick up a running back while they're at it. But to me, I think, um, you know, James Robinson has earned the benefit of the doubt from him. Uh, I, I imagine he'll get the edge on whoever comes in even if someone does come in uh and i think uh i i love them i'm i'm buying interesting good point good point um all right so you know we talked about james robinson here uh real quick rank the three because we talked about this a little bit earlier jk dobbins cam Akers, throw james robinson into that mix is he clearly beneath those two uh in dynasty terms or is he, you know, somewhere around there. I think he's close, uh, but he's he's definitely the third for me. There's definitely he's a slightly different tier to me. Uh, he might be a better value because uh, it's hard to buy Dobbins or Acres right now, and it's like I said, it's hard to buy uh, James Robinson too. But I think you could buy him at a much more reasonable price than the other two. Uh, the other two are going to cost you a haul, uh, so you know he might be a better value than those. Bill, you feel the same way? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that one. Um, you know, you spend a lot of draft equity and a lot of time getting those running backs. You're definitely are way more willing to trade off the guy that you picked off of waivers than the guy right. that you drafted at the 102 or something like that. Definitely. Definitely. All right, we got one more question to round us out. Before we do that, final shout-out here. At Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter, make sure you follow us and we're always live on Wednesdays, normally 4.30 p.m. Um, so, you know, come check us out. We're always here. And we're live on YouTube as well, Dynasty Force Podcasts at the same time. Uh, and the show is available on all major listening platforms the day after, which is Thursday. Um, so be sure to subscribe wherever you can, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, you know, if you would like to leave a like or a review on whatever listening platform you're listening to, I would appreciate that. I'm sure Bill would appreciate that. Um, as you know, Bill is very thankful, a very thankful person. Um, and then you could also follow us on Twitter, uh, me at fantasy force FB, Billy at getting bills, Trey, even though Trey's not here at Superflex FF Superflex guru, and then final shout out here, Jesse at Gray Heisenberg on Twitter and uh, hit him up for trades on sleeper trying to go back to back as the champ in a lot okay. of leagues here. Uh, also Gray Heisenberg. Um, so final little question here to round us out. What's the biggest surprise you've seen in mock? I put mock in parentheses because if you hadn't done real drafts and Mocks are only all you have to go off of. But if you've done real drafts, you know, I prefer them. Uh, Jesse, I know you mentioned you've done some real drafts. Any big surprises you've seen? Yeah. Watching uh, Mike Thomas slide 
uh, and how dramatically yeah. he's sliding right now. I got him in the fifth round uh, of one of my startups, and that that sort of blew me away because I went like Patrick Mahomes, Dobbins, and Akers, uh, then Tannehill, and then Mike Thomas. And I was like, dude, this is one of my favorite starts to a startup <laughs> in Superflex I've ever had. Uh, seeing him drop, you know, I understand the hesitance. Uh, you know, he had a rough season this past season. But, I mean, Drew Brees didn't help. Drew Brees, uh, you know, he didn't play his best season last season. Uh, Mike Thomas, I've I've heard that he had had some serious injuries going on that he was playing through that year. Uh, I don't know how, how much, uh, you know, merit there is to that. And I know he got kind of weird on social media there for a stretch. Uh, some people started getting uh, AB vibes or something. Yeah. But uh, uh, to me, he's been he's been like, the model of consistency and eliteness for so long. Um, and I, I'm not convinced that he has fully hit his cliff yet. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking him in the fifth all day. And that's, that's cool to see that surprise. If, if you can get him at that value, sweet. It surprised the crap out of me, but I'll take I feel it. that, you know, I think a lot of it too is the quarterback of the future because who's it going to be, you know, Jameis Winston, not under contract. Taysom Hill is, but is Taysom Hill really going to be the quarterback of the future? Uh, it's a lot up in the air right now with uh, with Michael Thomas. So there's a reason for him falling, but still, like you said, as much like last year, he was a mid first round pick in every single startup, and it wasn't even like any sort of a question. And now you're like getting him in the fifth, and there's even some people who are getting him there, and they're like, man, I don't even want to take Michael Thomas here, <laughs> but he's just too good of a value for me to pass up. How do I, you know, so man, the, the fall for Michael Thomas is real right now. Bill, what, what have you seen? That's been a big surprise for you so far. Yeah. Just talk about the Michael Thomas thing in my home league. We transferred from a redraft to a dynasty league last season. And I was the guy that got fell on the clock at eight and it, Michael Thomas was the obvious pick, and I was like, man, do I not want to pull this fucking trigger? <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up trading out the pick, dude, and got – basically it turned out to be the 203, and then I tanked and got the 202, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made. But biggest value that I've ever seen in drafts, though, um, so far this season – Denzel Mims, man. Why are people down on Denzel Mims or have questions <laughs> about Denzel Mims? He's a baller, dude. Um, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of mocks and stuff like that. And I feel like, let's say if you're like a heavy running back early type of guy, um, you can get like Mims at your wide receiver too or, or as a flex or something like that. And that's like a pretty good shaped up team, dude. Um, I like Denzel Mims a lot. He can He's definitely due for a quarterback upgrade, but even if it was Sam Darnold, he did show somewhat of a chemistry with Sam Darnold. But let's say if this team does get a true quarterback upgrade, you can kind of either get Mims or this is about to make you throw up in your mouth part too. Brashard Perryman also as well is a buy, I think. The team has been talking about in the reports and stuff like that about uh, – Jameson Crowder could be a cat casualty this season and might get cut during camp or something like that. I've been seeing some beat reports about that. And I think that a lot of sharp dynasty owners should definitely buy into the Jets offense before the draft starts. And they really do get that quarterback upgrade. And we start seeing people talk about him. I yeah, that's, Mims. that's interesting. Uh, Mims. I, I like the point a lot. Um, he definitely could be in a position where he is a clear cut, 
number one wide receiver next season. So um, he's definitely a buy, and, and at his value right now, he's definitely someone you should be targeting. Um, as far as Brashad Perriman, that's a completely different story, and that's <laughs> a topic for another day, you and your Jets wide receivers. But uh, like you mentioned, Jamison Crowder, did mention him as a potential cap casualty, so um, that is something to highlight. And uh, yeah, was- man, I read into that because I have a lot of James Crowder on my team, and like, yeah, do I think he can go to another team and play the same exact slot role and be productive? But man, like the Adams Gase offense, there's something weird about it with the slot. Wide it's receiver. an anomaly, man. Everybody right? escaping that is great. We watched it with Robbie Anderson. Yep. Uh, like, I yeah, I agree. It's gonna be we'll a big see. boost. Definitely. Um, For me, I am going to say the hate for Jerry Judy. Um, Really, from a perspective of current hate for Jerry Judy, I know it wasn't a fantastic rookie season and potentially another season of Drew Locke behind center. And, you know, now we'll actually have Cortland Sutton on the other side of the field and more progression from Noah Fant. But this is a wide receiver who was arguably the best wide receiver coming in. He was my wide receiver one coming in pre-draft last season. Uh, A lot of people had him as the wide receiver one. He really, like, there were some people who had CeeDee Lamb ahead of him coming in, but a lot of people had Jerry Judy as that number two. I really didn't see him lower than three, uh, really anywhere for a lot of people. And now, I mean, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't touch Jerry Judy with a 10-foot pole. And it's it's just tough. You know, we talked about the drop-off with Michael Thomas. Denzel Mims, I mean, like, he's he's down there, but I feel like he was never up, like, super high. He was never someone that everyone was like, oh, got to get Denzel Mims and all this. But Jerry Judy is another guy who's dropping off here. And, you know, we've mentioned this before, but talent is always going to win out and you know you uh we did a mock draft i think it was last week maybe the week before um on a episode of the podcast and i ended up getting jerry judy in the late 12th round of this draft and like to me that's just easy value um i mean a lot of to be fair a lot of wide receivers did fall but jerry judy is a very young wide receiver who we evaluated really like not long ago, one, one year ago as being very, very talented at the position. And now all of a sudden no one wants him. It's just, it's just a big surprise to me. I think only over time he'll get better because he'll get more acclimated to the league and hopefully he'll get upgrades at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, John Elway isn't running things anymore at in Denver. So that's only, you know, good news for him, it seems, at the quarterback position. So, um, yeah, I mean, the drop-off of certain players, it, it's, a, it's a real thing to talk about. So, Can I ask you a question? Point. Um, yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. One player that I was actually thinking about for this question was Cortland Sutton, actually. Um, yeah. I feel like even though Judy's in a different talent tier, Man, there's some upside for Cortland Sutton from the aspect of, A, this team can get a quarterback upgrade for this upcoming season, and, B, 
he could be a free agent after next season, and it's probably yeah. more likely he's going to be a free agent. And wherever he lands is probably way better than the Denver Broncos. But I just wanted to throw that one out there for the listeners if you got this deep into the uh, audio. Um, Cortland Sutton, dude, definitely a guy to think about if an owner has that bad taste in their mouth from overvaluing him last season. Man, Cortland Sutton might fuck around and be in a good spot two years from now, and we might be talking about him as the biggest value as a mock draft. Definitely, definitely. All right, and one final thank you and uh, congratulations to our guest. Or there we go, guest for this episode, Gray Heisenberg. Jesse, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll be happy to have you on again sometime soon. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd love to be on again, man. Perfect. Glad you could join. And Bill, hope you enjoy this uh, nice. DFS night for basketball, right? Yeah, man. About to head on out of here right now. I got to hop in and start doing my projections like ASAP, ASAP. I feel. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoy your night, your week, and we'll see you next time here on the Dynasty Forest podcast. Thanks again.